The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Um, Will, I am relaxed, more relaxed than I was on on Monday. Uh, people who are our Patreon supporters who might be watching this podcast in full HD video. Uh, Hello. That I'm relatively clean shaven. I've got, a, got a clean look. So... Um, in town where I live, and I've grown, I've grown a little bit of a beard just to even it out. I've grown oh, yeah. what Charlie would grow in a day. <laughs> I said, "Will three weeks." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, you know what actually triggered it was the last episode of Tofot we did. I had a quick glance at the video, and I was like two weeks, or maybe even close to three weeks, unshaven by then. And the webcam I use is kind of like a, mm. you know, it's like a real. Well, it's a HD camera. It's got a built-in silking mechanism, which is like virtual makeup. But even then, I was like, holy fuck, like I look terrible. Just like everything looked bad and the beard was all like uneven and fuzzy. I looked like a werewolf. Like a, It's like he caught a werewolf mid-transformation. That's what I looked like. <laughs> He's so embarrassed. He's like, oh, no, 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 nothing's happening in here. <laughs> no, 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 take him in here, mum, take him in here. <laughs> so... I was like, well, there's a barber in town. And I, and I stuck my head in and yeah. um, I love a barber shop that does like a like a cutthroat razor shave and hot towel yes. treatment. Uh-huh. Um, there's a very few ways that men, especially masculine men like me, yeah, you can, are pamper them, can pamper themselves. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes your, your, your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. Sometimes will go you're just a manly man who likes to be pampered. I just want to get pampered occasionally. And there's not a lot I can do. I can't, I don't, I tried to get my nails done once. It sucked. Didn't enjoy it. Tried to get a pedicure. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> but this, I feel very like, I, I, I like, I like it in show. I like it when they, they, they take it all off. They put the hot towel on and just sit there and you've got at least like a minute just to sort of feel that piping hot steam just open up your pores i cannot um, think of anything just for the record more unpleasant than what you're describing oh really i don't, I don't like oh. a clean shave won't do a clean shave even myself i always just do beard trimmer and um i just don't like the idea of like somebody having a knife that close to my throat regardless what? of their level of professionalism if i'm going to hand them less than like if i'm going to hand them Less than $100 in cash at the end of that interaction. I don't want them having a knife by my throat. I don't feel like the stakes are high enough. Mate, I've had my, I've had a knife held to my throat in all corners of the globe. India, like Bali, uh, Vietnam. Like, I love it. What's the least you've paid someone to hold a knife to your throat? 
I mean, it probably would have been barley. Like it would have been the equivalent of like it would have been less than ten dollars to right. for this guy. So to for be... less than ten dollars, you're willing to walk into a venue where you don't <laughs> yeah. know the person who's being paid less than ten dollars and have them just have a knife to your throat? Are you? Never, you're fine with that. Never had an issue with it. It was like yeah. when I used to live in Melbourne. Well, that's what people I... say until they're murdered by a barber. <laughs> you ever heard of the barber of Seville, my friend? When I lived in Melbourne, uh, Carlisle Street used to have like a whole host of uh, Eastern European, old like Russian barbershops, or maybe it's Ackland yeah. Street, Carlisle, like whatever the, mm-hmm. the, the, the demarcation line is. Because the one thing but, we know about the Russians, famous for their haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> I came out peroxide blonde, flat top, just like old Dolph Lundgren. Always good to have a whole bunch of ex-Russians who fled to another country and have immaculate knife skills. Yes, they all trained as barbers. That's why yeah. they're so good with the knife. Uh, so I saw this barbershop. They did uh, the, the the cutthroat raise in the hot towns. Like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to spoil myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going yourself. to uh, I'm going to get a, a clean. I just want to get a clean. And the thing about me and shaving is because I am quite astute from here to you here. Are. And when I shave myself, like you know, when I'm on TV and stuff, there's sometimes a requirement to be clean shaven, and it fucking sucks. Like, yeah, I'll use whatever. You have to shave between scenes often because (laughs) so fast sometimes. But it's more, it's more that those, uh, you know, those Mac three whatever Gillette blades. I can't shave with those and just not get ingrown hairs. Like I know that they're meant to, you know, there's like the, that old degeneration sketch, the first blade like lures the hair out, the second blade you negotiate, the third blade sneaks around the back. doesn't do that for me. It just, no. all they do is- But they are the best ingrown hairs a man can get. Let's not forget that. <laughs> they just fold the hairs back into my face. So yeah. I, I'm clean shaven for a day and then every, and then for the next like six days, I've just got like spots yeah. all over my face and neck. Firstly, oh, this is just, this just proves that your hair is coward. Like as soon as it sees a blade, it retreats back inside. Keep charging out, my friend. It's like, no, thank you. My That's bullshit. My hair is the toughest mofo going around. It's not going to fight three blades on one, but you go one blade with my hair, it'll take them on. So, and the thing about like cutthroat razor shave is you don't get the ingrowns because it's all moving in one direction and it's just mm-hmm. like, because it's so sharp and so meticulous as it scrapes yeah. down your neck and skin. Mm-hmm. It just sharp and meticulous. From huh? this practitioner who's been paid less than $10 an hour. <laughs> Sharp <laughs> and meticulous. The one thing that we can always rely on for less than $10 an hour, meticulous execution. So the way the barbershop in town operates, it's old school. It's There's no – you can't book. It's just walk-ins only. You've got to write your name literally on a chalkboard and then just mm. either, you know, you can leave. But if you run, you run the risk, if you don't get your timing yeah. right and you come back and someone's jumped you, <laughs> bad luck. It's not like you can say, hey, mate, that's my name. If, some, if yeah. you've missed your spot, you've missed your spot. Um, so I went in, wrote my name down, came home, had a shower, went back and like, I completely miscalculated two dudes had jumped the list. So I'll sit around. So I waited about half an hour while these two guys got their trims. Um, and then it was my turn. And so I sat in the dude's chair and it's like, Hey buddy, you know, so what can I do for you? And I said, Oh, just want to get the uh, razor shave with a hot towel. And he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, I'm not going to do the cutthroat razor. I'm going to do the foil on you. And I was like, well, hang on. What do you mean for you? You mean like an electric razor? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And I said, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that's no, not what I want. He's like, no, it'll get really close to your skin. It's a really smooth. Yeah, exactly. 
And A, A, I can't stand those foil shavers. Let, look, yeah. this is not going to be another shaver episode. But <laughs> it let can me be. just Why not? <laughs> let's briefly touch on. I have very sensitive skin for a very macho dude who's very astute yeah, from here sure. to here. Very macho, but it, just in that bit. I'm so sensitive. sensitive. My skin is so sensitive. It, it can't take like that much friction. It can't uh-huh. take. Um, so I said to the guy, look, no, no. I said, I don't want a – like I could do a, a, an electric yeah. razor shave at home. I want the full old school Deadwood cutthroat razor and yeah, hot towel. I'm here for mate. Treatment. I didn't put my name on a chalkboard for an electric razor. <laughs> exactly. This is an old. This is meant to be an old school experience, and then the dude brought out like a modern razor. No, thank yeah. you. That's not what you're here for. It's like oh, the Rolling Stones are touring again, yeah. and it's actually just a CD. It's like wait, yeah. this is not no, the real thing. Man. I could just play this at home. Well, <laughs> I couldn't actually because I don't have a CD player. <laughs> So uh, I said to him, no, no, I, I, I cut the razor. I said, look, if it's um, an issue, it's fine. I, yeah. I can just book another day. And he's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> then he's gone. Just been drinking. Gone, I just, uh, I've just gone, been just... drinking a lot. My hand's really shaky today. He <laughs> oh, said, no, really? He said, I haven't had lunch, so I'm a bit, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, it's fine. I said, don't worry about it. I said, it's not It's not that important. I'll, I'll, I'll come back another day. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. And he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, no, I'll no, push no. through it. I'll push through. I'll push through my shakes. So he's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I'm like, yeah. okay. And so yeah. then the process. I haven't had and- lunch and I haven't had a drink for about 12 hours and the detox is starting to kick in. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, look. Fuck it, you know. I he's a professional, and I, <laughs> I, what are you basing the idea that he's a professional? Like he works like in a barber he's shop. A, he's the guy who has a chalkboard and an electric razor, is what I've heard. <laughs> I am a professional based on that. There's a chalkboard out the back of my house, and I have an electric razor. Well, do you want to trim my beard? Well, I could with an electric <laughs> razor. I'm not putting a knife anywhere near your throat. So. Uh, and I do like the process of like, you know, they work up the old school ladder yeah. with the old school brush and they paint up your face yeah. and stuff like that. Well, you know what was funny is he actually gave me a bit of a trim. He trimmed the beard off with like clippers yeah. to begin with. Good. And it got to the end of, the, of that and I was like, oh, I'm actually quite okay with this look. Yeah. But then I was like, well, I've committed. So yeah. <laughs> let's go I'll, on the whole shakes, shakes the clowns. <laughs> shakes the clown, knife yeah. out. So. so he gets the old lather brush going and he, you know, paints up the old beardy area and stuff. And then he even gets out like the leather. It's called a strop. Uh, uh, this the, the leather strap to sharpen. And I'm like, fing, fing, fing. And I'm like, oh, this dude, like, you know, he, he takes it serious. So that's how I know he's yeah. a professional. He knows how to sharpen a cutthroat razor on a strop. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so he begins the shave, and like, I felt like I was in very safe hands. I I did not feel shaky. He was going extremely slow, and I think yeah. that I'd be interested to know if maybe on a full tummy whether it would take him this long to do it no, or if he was he just was like – He was really concentrating. <laughs> he was really concentrating because <laughs> he, he was, was like a stone, stone person driving getting pulled yes, over at 35 exactly. kilometres an hour because he's just like concentrating too much. He would, it would, he would move it, I would say, like yeah. a centimetre every 20 seconds. So yeah. he'd be like, scrape. That's too slow. Scrape. <laughs> scrape. It was. Because I literally had a meeting on at three and I'd gone to the barbers at like yeah. quarter to two thinking, oh, I'll be home in plenty It'll of time. Fine. Maybe yeah, that's half an hour. The barber in and out. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm going to be late. <laughs> so then like he's, he's, uh, when he gets about like halfway through, I'm yeah. feeling relaxed. I'm enjoying it. This is the thing, like I said, that, you know, men don't get pampered. But like I just sit back and feel the just the smooth, the, that blade against my skin. It's relaxing, the sound of the fishing. fishing. It's like Wolverine is slowly behind okay. you, just like yep. chopping you up. 
But then it's around about three o'clock, and so the schools start getting out, the local yeah. primary schools. And I guess that this barber, because, you know, it's a small town, and, you know, in small towns everyone kind of knows each other, and I guess it must be a bit of a tradition that when the kids get out of school, the primary school kids, they come past the barber shop and they're like, hey, you know, blah, 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 and they have a bit of banter, you know, because he's the barber. He's, I can't remember what his name is. But, you know, he's the barber, and so the kids have a bit of banter. So... I'm sitting there relaxing with my eyes closed and I hear like a group of kids, like you hear a footy getting bounced and stuff and, you know, they're standing outside the barber shop and they're having a chat and he's having a chat. How is school today, kids? Oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's like sort of this like silence and one of the kids goes, oh, that looks pretty smooth. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've got my eyes closed. I'm like, I'll just ignore it. And like, then I hear like the little like pad, 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 pad of footsteps. And then another, then at the same voice, but louder this time, because he's closer to my ear. Oh, real smooth. Oh it's <laughs> so like clearly some like eight-year-old has like come for a closer look <laughs> at me getting a shake. Some eight-year-old or some demon spawned from hell. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds creepy as fuck. Like if I had like a guy with an, I'd be like, use that knife to slit that tiny demon's throat. <laughs> <laughs> just grab the blade out of the barber's hand. <laughs> Dead eight-year-old. Your Honour, you don't understand. It was incredibly <laughs> creepy. It was a creepy thing for an adult to say. It's even creepy when it comes out of a kid's mouth. Your Honour, firstly, I'd like to say this. You know that for men it's hard to get pampered. It's hard, to, real hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's why I look like this. Um, but uh, this all this discussion about like trimming beards and, you know, Do you know what I love? Can I just say this though? Like is honestly, yeah. so how long is it since you've had that shave? Like how many days is it now? Uh, it'll be a week tomorrow. Okay. So I'm think I think I'm two weeks. It's two weeks since I did my show, I think. Right. So um, I had a shave that day and I haven't had a shave since. So two weeks and I you, am, I rec- you'll catch yes. me in a day, I reckon. <laughs> I had a fair head start. But I will I lap you. <laughs> By this time next week, you'll be lapped. I'll be so hairy. Uh, yes, but all this talk, Will, about facial hair and stuff, yes. that leads me to uh, uh, some more correspondence we've had around um, Top Gun Maverick, which just oh, okay. people seem unwilling to accept the fact that I have a different view to them. Uh, I like it. The internet's back, baby. <laughs> the I, internet's back to what it's meant to be doing, having heated discussions just, about movies. I just didn't understand that this was the hill that people were willing to die on. Like, people did you mention it or did I imagine this, that you never really had much, like, affection for Top Gun? Like, You do not – well, I, I – May have said that to you because that is absolutely true. Okay. I certainly said it to Justin Hamilton on Fofop, which is the original movie. I love bits of. There's some good aeroplane stuff. Although after a while, I'm like, yeah, it's just more aeroplane stuff. And there's like obviously some iconic scenes and some iconic lines. You know, I feel the need, the need for speed, and all that. You know, that you've lost that loving feeling, and like, you know, I I have those moments. But I remember rewatching it a couple of years ago and thinking, woo. It's a lot of boring bits between those <laughs> iconic moments. Like that that's really my so yeah, I don't love and I have not seen this film and absolutely could not see this film now at the movie. I, it'll take me at least six months from us having these conversations for me to be able to walk into that cinema without only looking at baby goose, Gooster, 
um, to see if he is just like this is a movie about a psychopath. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm like you, like I enjoyed it, but I sort of just lump it in with a bunch of those '80s films that were you know iconic and memorable and stuff. But I didn't realize the fervor people had for it, like how invested they were in the story of like Maverick. I mean, it's just one of those cut and paste kind of '80s kind of rebels. It's 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 the it's the role that Tom Cruise would then was it Rich Haller that. Bit of stand up about every yeah. Tom Cruise film is about Tom Cruise as a pilot. He's a pretty good He's pilot. He's a pretty good pilot. pilot. He has prices yeah. of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meets a beautiful lady who kills us across the country. And he's a pretty good pilot. He's yeah. a racing car driver. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. He's a pretty good Scientologist. Uh, so, yeah, like a lot of people are trying to convince – either trying He's to a tell Scrabble me that, player. He's a pretty good Scrabble player, but then he has a crisis of consonants. That was one of the best. Ah, nice. <laughs> and a robot breaks his finger. Uh, so people seem to be swinging between telling me that I, um, I'm, I'm either thinking about it too much or I'm uh-huh. not thinking about it too, too enough. enough. Yeah. So that's – I mean, where do I? How do you possibly draw any conclusion from that? I'm either it's either just junk food, and I should just enjoy it for what it mm. is, or or it's like, no, you don't understand. This is why every decision was made like this. So, yeah. Last week we had someone come and in. You're just Goldilocks in the middle, just like I don't understand either of those positions. Exactly. Had someone write in last week um, uh, who had suggested some flashbacks uh, okay. that may yes. fill in, like some hypothetical flashbacks that would I enjoyed explain the flashbacks. Why yes. Baby Goose is the way he is. So um, another teabagger, Katie. Sorry, I'm assuming she's a teabagger. She's a listener. She might not be as dedicated as a teabagger, but let's just say she's a listener. Um, she's also decided to help explain why the specific topic that I have such a problem with. <laughs> why Baby Goose looks so much like his father. So okay. she says, uh, I was listening to last week's episode, um, uh, why Rooster looks so much like his dad. And I agree, it's, it's decidedly creepy roots to go down, but I think... You may have been overthinking it. Uh, <laughs> there we okay. go. So this is the overthinker box. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main problem here is the series of events. My personal headcanon, and admittedly my brain generally chooses to opt for the least cre- cre- creepy option, is this. So she's just she's what she's done is not like a series of flashbacks, but just explain each um, characteristic of Rooster that is similar to her dad. She's explained, well, this is why, and this yep. is why it's not creepy or weird. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly mm-hmm. logical. So okay. the Great Balls of Fire, she begins with. It's one of the last happy memories that they all had together. I'd say it got played fairly often around his house growing up. One time when Maverick is over, he hears the song playing and says to a young, maybe 10-year-old rooster, hey, did you know your dad used to play this? Uh, rooster says, yeah, mum says so. I can only just remember Maverick, well, hey, do you want me to teach you? Rooster, yes, please, Uncle Mav. That would be so cool. All right. Again, uh, I wasn't disputing the fact that, you know, he may know great balls of fire. I just think it it is weird in conjunction with everything else that happens at that exact time. That is my issue, is the coincidental factor of it all. Pick one is what you're saying. Like it's, uh, this is uh, partly, again, as someone who's not seen the movie, I feel best qualified to weigh into this debate. <laughs> yes. Pick one. You got your dad's mustache, you got your dad's Hawaiian shirt, or you know, great balls of fire. But once you do all three, I, again, I think it might've been a, a Rich Hall joke. <laughs> all of this can be explained through Rich Hall, where he talked about the idea that like, you know, playing the drums 
is a good thing to do. Playing the guitar is a good thing to do. Playing the cymbals is a thing, good thing. I'm murdering this joke, by the way. Yeah. But the once you try to play them all at the same time, you know, with the cymbals between your knees, you've gone too far and people are like, yeah. who's that weirdo? <laughs> and I feel like that's what you're saying about Gusta is that, like, it wouldn't necessarily be a like maybe Great Balls of Fire was the thing that he learned in tribute to his dad. But the fact yeah. that he's recreating every iconic moment of his dad's life is the is the problem. Have you right? have you seen? Um, uh, I can't remember. Robin Williams's daughter is on Twitter. I think her name is Zelda, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And uh, about six months ago, someone posted this video. It was like a uh, like a teaser reel for a potential Robin Williams biopic, and it was a I scene. Remember. And it was this, uh, a young actor doing an amazing. Yep. Robin Williams and and it was amazing, but everyone sent it to this girl who'd lost her father yeah. in tragic circumstances and was like, isn't this incredible? This guy is a spitting image of your father. And she yeah. was like, hey, look, first of all, that actor's amazing, wonderful job, fantastic. Second of all, can you please stop sending me this? Yeah. It's highly distressing. Of my late dead dad, who's <laughs> not my dead dad, just playing. a guy yes. doing an impression of my dead dad. Like, find that it exists. Yep, that it's out there in the world, but don't tag me in on it. Like, I have a different relationship to that person than you do. Yeah, and so the idea that <laughs> Goose mm. is cosplaying, like, or even if Goose, let's let's pretend for a second that Goose was real. Like, Goose yeah. Goose was a real person, and then this film gets made. Mm. Like, it would feel the, the same level of creepiness. It's like, oh, so that's not Goose. It's just a guy pretending to be Goose. I don't get it. Like, it's weird. All right. So that's point one. Okay. Point two, Rooster gets his call sign. Mm -hmm. While the obvious explanation is his father was Goose, well, that's not obvious because he should be Gosling. Exactly. (laughs) Rooster has nothing to do with Goose. And yes, that may have been a contributing factor. Other prevalent theories about his his cockiness, well, according to some people on Tumblr. Yes, Tumblr is still alive and well. I've heard you wonder about this a few times, but rest assured, we seem to be an island of relative peace and harmony in this relatively, in these trying times. Um, Okay, so according to Top Gun Maverick on Tumblr, it's because he's cocky. Yeah, look, of course. That that's him being called Rooster is the least of my issues. That is fine. A call sign can be whatever the fuck you want. They're both birds, not a big deal. I would have let that one slide if it hadn't been for everything else. Goose's son's call sign is Rooster. Totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. Do you? No. In fact, I think that's the one departure that, to me, if they'd use that style of departure for all these other key moments. Then I think so. You've taken something that is similar enough, but put a twist on it. Like it isn't Gosling, it isn't Son of Goose. Like it's something that like is reminiscent of the original character in that Goose and Rooster have a. They're both birds, and they both sound like a little bit similar, but they're not actually related in any way. So it's a new take on an old idea. Whereas like yeah. him doing Great Balls of Fire is not a new take on an old idea. It's the same idea. You know what I'm just thinking is a perfect example of how this is done well is you think of creed right mm-hmm. so i do uh, funnily enough Adonis- justin hamilton and i in the latest faux fop that i recorded an hour ago and that everybody <laughs> will hear this week have had oh, a really? giant conversation about creed so that is just in, re- hilarious. in relation to in relation to top gun uh, no, it wasn't even in relation to Top oh, okay. just incidentally was a conversation about creed so <laughs> i found well, 
hive mind, but Creed, so you've got Adonis Creed, who's a son of Apollo Creed. And there's obviously like tension there, you know, with uh, with Rocky because Rocky didn't throw on the towel. So yeah. it's the same, almost the same kind of setup. Mm. But the way that they, the the way that they uh, uh, bring that character in, he doesn't talk like his dad. He wears the same shorts at one point, which would be the equivalent of the Hawaiian shirt. But he's not, he's not Apollo Creed. And he also lost his dad when he was very young. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, that to me is a more interesting, better way. That's still a blockbuster. Yeah, and still he still ends up a doing spectacle the, film. Still ends up doing the job that his dad did, which is what everybody wants to see with young Goose. Like I understand yeah. that we don't want to see Goose to go to like, you know, go and get an MBA or something. Like I understand yeah, that's like that. Goose the, <laughs> Rooster the accountant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I get that. Top tax. You know, I get yeah. that. That's not – the movie we want to see. We want to get Rooster in here somehow, but you're absolutely right. That idea of eventually except I know that I assume there is some element of this in the movie, by the way, eventually reconciling your relationship with your dad and accepting like, you know, but it feels like that works best to me when you've fought the whole time about how different you are. And then eventually you come to accept some of, you know, the things you have in common. Whereas it feels but, like he's rolled in looking like he's in Weekend at Birdies with a mustache yeah. and an all-white shirt. But even then, like, you're right. So he he works to a point where it's almost like taking on the stars and stripe boxes. Yeah. You know, that is symbolic of his, like, ascension. But his personality is still starkly different, yeah, different. to that of his dad's. His dad was this kind of like, you know, Muhammad Ali kind of ripoff where he is a more kind of dark, tortured, angry young man, you know, who has to sort of like grow up. They don't do that. Like Rooster just arrives fully formed as his dad. As his dad. As his dad. And sure, maybe there is a backstory like last week's uh, listener suggested where he was listening to Limp Biscuit and shit, you know, in his teens and was very troubled. But they should have just extended that into the movie. Okay. Well, so, it doesn't um, have to be exactly the same thing. It could, it could be like he, young Gooster could be at like, you know, um, like Navy. They're Navy, aren't they? Navy pilots? Yeah. Yeah. Or are they Air Force? They're Navy. Ah, I don't know. Anyway, Navy whatever. Pilots. Whatever they are, he's at young. He's like at the academy. He's learning to, you know, be a pilot. And, you know, one of the other young academy guys pranks him by putting some deep deep heat in his jock strap and like he puts it on and he's like, oh, great, my balls are on fire. That's your nod. <laughs> <right? laughs> oh. like, okay, we're done. That's a new – like it's a new take on the old team. That Get it? It's like – is the scene they needed. Like that's the scene that they needed. Like, yeah, because there yeah. is a new kind of Iceman-type character. I can't remember his call sign that he has a rivalry with. Okay. And they needed that. They needed yeah. like some kind of hazing scene right. where uh, Goose puts on his jock strap and it's like, yeah. oh, stinker oh, up. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness gracious. gracious. My balls are on fire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> Will and Charlie push back from the writer's room table. All right, fellas, is it lunch? You guys are fired. Both you of are. us. Both of us. Slapping hands in front of us. Push back. There we go, guys. Tom Cruise's producer kicks us out of the room. I don't these guys even get in. Um, okay, so she continues. The Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian shirts, especially yeah. loose and unbuttoned to the midriff, have been pretty consistently popular since the 80s, mm-hmm. especially in the last five years. I imagine he saw someone wearing and thought, hey, that would be a good look on me, called up Meg Ryan and asked if she still had any of Dad's old shirts. No. Okay, that one, yep, yeah, sure. 
That no, makes sense to me. No, no, no. Nah, I really? reckon the Hawaiian shirt's so iconic that there's no way. It's just that it's popular. You're like, no, no, no. That's your dad's iconic look. Like you're you're putting that on. It's a big deal. It's not just that you saw someone else in a Hawaiian shirt and it looked good because you've already seen your dad in a Hawaiian shirt in all the photos. Like previously, you've had time to decide whether you think a Hawaiian shirt looks good or not. All I would think is that reminds me of my dad. So no, I don't think it can be that incidental. I don't know about that. That's the one that I think I, I can live with the most because <laughs> what, I do know. I think you are disqualified from this conversation having seen the movie. I, <laughs> someone who's not seen it. No, not even from like the, the world of uh, Maverick, but just thinking about like when uh, as someone who had a father who died, you do kind of hmm. grab some things from their wardrobe. Hmm. None of my dad's stuff like, I ever wore, but there were some things that I hung on to for sentimental purposes or whatever. I imagine if you're, because you know sometimes you'll see family no, photos I, of. That's okay. I I I I jest a little, of course. Like, you know, the idea of having something that reminds you of a family member that you could actually wear, of course. I mean, it'll be amazing in about ten years' time. Yeah. You're going to see a bunch of kids wearing like Juggalo t-shirts yeah. because it's their what their dad wore, you yeah. know, in their old photos. I mean, like, hopefully many, many years from now. I think my dad will outlast me. But if my dad <laughs> uh, if my dad ever dies, I'll just start wearing gumboots everywhere just <laughs> in tribute. It's like, we're still wearing gumboots, yeah. Okay, the moustache, which is yes. uh, what led us into this conversation. Mm-hmm. My guess, mm-hmm. and this is, look, Katie, <laughs> I really appreciate you writing in. And yeah. this is not a critique of your writing, no. but your rationale here. My guess is he was in the middle of shaving, uh-huh. caught sight of a okay, photo of no, his dad. No, no, no. <laughs> Already. No. <laughs> That's no. like, so how often do you shave with a photo of your dad next yeah, to the mirror? No. <laughs> Not a thing. Is that your, he's your shave-spiration? <laughs> I mean, if you told someone that your dad's your shave-spiration, they'd be like, what? He was just, raised in a cult. Just, we need to get him out. I just like it like this, like my dad. I want to look exactly. But this is a good example of how weird it is because if he went into the barbers with a picture of his dad and said, could you please do it exactly the same as my dad? And it's exactly the same. And the, like I'm not talking yeah. he has a moustache as well. Mm. It's the same moustache. Yeah. Like as someone who frequently sports a moustache, like it takes time and you've got to be very deliberate yeah. about shaping it into that way. Like he modelled it after his father. It's not like he's trying to I wouldn't to even trendy- mind if they'd gone that, that option. Like you see it, like he goes into the – like if you could see him making these as conscious choices, right? Yeah. Like even you don't even need a real backstory to it. Even if you just saw they were conscious choices, that you see this like him going into a barber shop, literally with a picture of his dad, and walking out of a place with a Hawaiian shirt. You'd always like be like, okay, for some reason he decided he was going to do that, and maybe that'll be revealed later on. The, just the fact that he rocks up already looking like that is the. Well, I think what she says, she continues like, mm. uh, so he shaves uh, with a photo of his dad, which yeah. is just like the <laughs> most bizarre. Like if that was a scene from Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film, I'd be like, oh, that's creepy. That's yeah, a, totally. Isn't that a real pe- peek yeah. into the mind of madness? Yeah. <laughs> right. like, shaves with a photo of his fucking dead dad. Yeah. Like is the dad talking to him? <laughs> you know what you should do with that? Rooster, you know what you should do with that razor blade? <laughs> Open up a barber shop and let some dickhead come in. <laughs> And ask for a cutthroat razor shave and hot towel. Tell him you got shaky hands. If he still sticks around, you can cut his throat. He's asking for it. He's asking for it. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so he, he shows the photo of his dad and he says, you know what, I'll leave it on for a couple of days. Let it be a tribute. Mm-hmm. I mean. A couple, for a couple of days. <laughs> you know, the tri- <laughs> classic couple like, <laughs> tribute to my dad. <laughs> Is there anyone who has, <laughs> if, you've, <laughs> if you've ever left a mark, <laughs> sorry. If you've ever left a mustache on as a tribute to your father, write in and let us know. I'd like I'd be interested to know if there's one listener of ours who's ever uh, paid tribute or homage to their father or grandfather with a mustache. And then a, a couple of days later, <laughs> go on, that'll do, Dad. That'll yeah. do. I do remember like the first time in my early twenties when I Try it like, and this is back when mustaches weren't cool. I was like, I'm going to just leave a mustache on. And I was doing it in tribute of Lee Matthews. Right. <laughs> like I wanted to have a, a really thick Lee Matthews type mustache. And my dad had a mustache. My dad was known for having a mustache. It was one of his defining features. Even then, in that instance, <laughs> my tribute was not to my dead father. It was yeah. to Lee Matthews. Lee Matthews, <laughs> the person that everyone hopes is. Player of the century. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Matthews. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, uh, so he, uh, then she backs up the uh, tribute with, he gets a ton of compliments because for some inexplicable reasons, mustache is in it again and decides it'll be permanent from now on. I mean, fine, again, but like it, sure. it's something. Do you think people get a ton of compliments on a mustache? No. Maybe Tom Selleck. I reckon he would have got a ton of compliments. I mean, I, I think some people get a ton Murph of compliments. Hughes. Yeah. I mean, I think there are mustaches that people get compliments but on. But that's I like, imagine that- six billion people on the planet, yeah. Will, only two we can think of. Not Hitler. I'm sure Hitler got a lot of positive <laughs> feedback about yeah, his mustache. but I mean, who's going to fucking tell him it sucks? That's who's going to be the first like, one? I, mean, I like- think overwhelmingly it would have been positive <laughs> to mind your uh, when he yeah. debuted Oh, no, that, that looks great. So you're just going to leave the yeah. – just the lips bare? Yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Really, really cool. That's really definitely cool. – I, I I predict in about 50 years there's going to be the greatest basketball ever is going to copy that look. He'll be white, of course, the greatest (laughs) basketball ever. Michael Michael Jordan, very white, normal sounding male. (laughs) Okay. So then she brings all these these elements Mm. and says, so the night it all comes together. So he's at Top Gun. So this is the scene that's in the movie, which is just to remind you, it's a pastiche of the original movie yes. where they're – it's a pastiche of the scene in the original movie where they sing You've Lost That Loving Feeling. So it's all the all the recruits arriving in uniform at a packed bar, the mood's jovial, everyone's introducing themselves, this is my call sign, blah, blah, blah. Baby Goose rocks up in his wine shirt and at some point Mav gets kicked out of the bar, looks in and sees him playing great balls of fire. So that's the scene. So Katie says uh, he's at Top Gun, the last place his dad ever was – all the other pilots are there in the uniforms, so the casual dress he wears is obviously an intentional decision. He decides, fuck it, let's look like the chillest motherfucker out here. Again, you really like – I think that's stretching. Like, Here's what I would say, again, having not seen the film. Um, yeah. I understand that there's like – his relationship with Maverick is problematic, right? He, bl- he blames Maverick in part for the death of his dad, right? Is that I assume from what I've heard about it is that it goes in like that and then there's a resolution of that at some point in the movie, right? Like, you know. Yeah, I think so, so. That would be a traditional sort of like what I imagine. Storytelling. So <laughs> what if he really is trying to get inside Maverick's head, 
Like, is there any chance that the reason that he's dressed exactly like his dad, that he's in this Hawaiian shirt, he spots Maverick at the bar, he go, he plays great balls of fire because not because he's trying to be like his dad because he wants to be his dad, but because he wants to, he wants fuck, to Maverick. fuck with Maverick's mind because he believes that Maverick killed his dad and he knows the best way to do that is to kind of recreate the way his dad looks, the, the song that he played. Like, I mean, that would be more like this idea that he's doing it not for him but to get inside it's Maverick's more, head. It's more interesting. Makes him a completely unlikable character that did exploit the memory of his father <laughs> in some petty... Well, he's doing it in service of his father in that he thinks that Maverick is responsible for the death of his father and he wants to break Maverick. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I think I, I, I find I, if they had made that choice, I would have enjoyed the film a lot more. It would have been much more interesting. This fucking kid is twisted. Yeah. Um, okay, so he decides he wants to, instead of wearing his uniform, he's going to look at the chillest motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks, look, I've got the mission in the bag. Again, the cockiness coming into play. He's drinking, he's having fun, he's playing pool. Then he sees a piano, remembers his dad used to play Great Balls of Fire to liven a party up. Yeah. The note's a muscle memory at this mm-hmm. point. And he's played it so often, he is full goose. Now she continues. My main point is this. Rooster isn't aware that he's goosing it up all over the place. To him, these are all separate, easily explainable occurrences. None of the people he hangs out with knows anything about goose. Mm. His mum died however long ago, and she knew how to play the song on piano. His call sign is a tribute to his dad, which is not uncommon probably. And he wore a Hawaiian shirt once. Mm. I'm obviously going with the theory of the mustache as a recent addition. So it's not until we see the scene through Maverick's eyes we see how similar it all is. Because maybe <laughs> Maverick would have told him, but he hasn't spoken to him yeah. in ages. So may, maybe Maverick would have told him, but he hasn't spoken to him in ages. Okay, so she's saying like Maverick upon... Because that's the other thing. Maverick at no point in the film goes, holy fuck. Why are you looking exactly like you look your at- dead dad. Like I'm, <laughs> you look and dress I know, exactly. I've got issues, but you've got a range of issues as well. I understand that this theory, and thank you for writing it here, by the way. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kate. But this is what you would call a perfect storm of coincidence if like yes. what she's describing is the case. Like Because you've done so much work on – coincidentally this happened, coincidentally this happened to get to the perfect storm of what we see and happens in this bar scene, which is essentially yeah. just fan service. This is the whole point is that it, it's not about any of those things at all. It's about fan service and they've done nothing to justify why that fan service is occurring. It's the mental gymnastics that people are telling me I have to get through. <laughs> no, you to either have to, not, one... you've thought about it too much or not enough. <laughs> or not enough. That I have to enjoy. And the other thing too is like there have been some people who are like, oh, well, I loved it and it made me yeah. cry. And it's like Great. I'm not disregarding any of those reactions to it. No. It's just it's just, I am, I am you, just surprised that You this not liking it or doesn't not enjoying aspects of it other doesn't. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah but people don't feel that way. Well, <laughs> they feel personally attacked, I think. I mean, look, you know. When, and also the other thing that people keep saying is, that, well, Charlie, it's made a billion dollars. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's lots of shit stuff out there that makes a lot of money. I mean, also, by the way, like, I mean, this is the same podcast that got really angry when someone wrote a mean article about Point Break. Like, we understand the hypocrisy. <laughs> like, this is just for fun. This is just for fun and shits yes. and gigs. Um, all right, let's just uh, – we've got a bit of a, another long letter to okay. get through. So I thought I would do that and then we can uh, see if there's anything else before we get out of here. 
This is from Stephanie. Hey guys, I'm not a doctor, but I'm a psychotherapist who works with suicidal people and you guys have definitely kept me laughing so I can keep them living. Counts. Thanks for being cool. Definitely, absolutely counts. Literally, probably the most literal definition of that slogan we've had right yeah, here, right? I, I actually rocketed you above doctors. Well, I think it isn't. Like it feels doctory anyway to me, right? Has there ever been a sketch written about someone like describing that they have a psychotherapist and they're like, oh, that must be really good. No, you don't understand. Yeah, my, my therapist, therapist is, is a psycho. <laughs> dresses like his mother, dresses exactly yeah. like his dad. Well, his dead wears, dad. Wears some wine shirts, plays great balls of fire over and over and over. Uh, I did the thing at Ep1. Uh, starting at one of TOEFOP and FOFOP and moving forward, which created a beautifully accelerated telling of Charlie's aging into a grumpy old man. Okay. And that's the other thing that people seem to be bringing up a lot with this whole Top Gun thing is that I'm a grumpy old man for not enjoying it. But I I feel, because I listened back to last week's episode, because I'm still getting so much correspondence and I'm like, did I really sound that angry and hard on? I don't think I do. I think what I heard when you and I talked about it last week is that you and I have moved out of this phase of like um, fandom of wanting to see like everything that we love growing up being made. We wanted it. It was the careful what you wish for thing. We, we got what we wanted and now we're like, okay, we've seen enough. We need, we need something. We need to either, we need something else. We need something new. Well, it's classic, you know, you can eat chocolate every day and then eventually you get sick of chocolate, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, although having said that, I did, because uh, Jen was away this weekend, so I did sit down and um, watch the new Spider-Man film. The um, I can never remember which one. The third one, the yeah, one where multiverse the one, multiverse that one, of yeah. No, that's Madness. not what it's called. I no, really that's, enjoyed that's it. Doctor Strange, multiverse of madness. Uh, uh, into Into the multiverse, something. Um, no, it's oh no, is that the spider- Homecoming? Oh yeah, that, Far from Home. Um, home Alone. No way home. Oh, no way home. <laughs> Thank you. God, maybe not grumpy old men, but like definitely forgetful. forgetful I, I liked it too. But did you have that same reaction in those moments where the classic characters came back and were revealed where they'd clearly left the time in the movie for people to applaud in the cinema, but it's still in the movie and you're like, there's just this real weird dead space every time, <laughs> like a Tobey Maguire Daredevil. or Andrew, like whatever. And it's just like, pause for laughter, yeah. or, like, pause for applause. There's a, you know, Charlie Cox who uh, plays Daredevil. Yes. There was an article I, I read where he was like, um, when that film came out, everyone, all his mates were saying, oh man, you've got to go see it. Like when, you turn up, everyone like goes crazy, yeah. and he's like, "Oh shit!" So he went with his <laughs> wife to see it, and he popped up, and he said it was fucking dead silence. He was mortified. A whole bunch of people going, "Who's that? Who the fuck's that?" <laughs> yeah, there was that, but there was also um, uh, at the end when all the bad guys, like it turned back into you know the actors who played yeah. them, you know the no special the the un-CGI'd version, and is it Reese Ifans who plays the lizard yeah. doctor, Doctor Lizard, whatever yeah. his name is, and I'm like. That I wonder how much he got paid for literally two seconds of screen time because he's just a lizard, and I'm wondering if they even got him in for the motion capture. If they just said, "Mate, if you can just record a couple lines of dialogue on and then phone. just hold up your just iPhone put on your- and sh- <laughs> put on your iPhone and just look around as if like magic dust is leaving you, we're just going to use that because I mean he's in it. I guess like technically he's in it. His voice is in it. And well, I think face for that's a seconds. classic example, though, isn't it? Of like. That brief moment where Reese fans was a thing, 
Like, you know, because yeah, yeah. originally he was casting in those movies clearly because, like, it was that moment, right? Like, he yeah. had a... Notting Hill. Yeah. He had a real fun yeah. moment and he cashed in on it and that's all good. But then that sort of went away and he's, you know, back to doing whatever he's doing. So I imagine he was he probably was the first person on set every day. <laughs> he was like, like, we don't actually need you here with CGI. Don't worry. I'm here. Ready to go. I thought Toby Maguire looked pretty good too. Like, considering... Those original films must be 20 years old. Yeah. Like, he looked pretty good. I mean, not that I would want to see him in another Spider-Man film, but yeah. So look, there's some stuff I like. And then I watched I watched the first episode of the new She-Hulk Attorney at Law mm. and I had a fun time with it. I quite enjoyed it. What It's bizarre. Is that on Disney Plus? Is that where you Disney find? Plus. I've not watched yeah, any of the spinoffs of anything, but there is a part of She-Hulk Attorney at Law that does intrigue me, intrigue me. It's so it's such a batshit combination of like Ally McBeal. It's like a David E. Kelly yeah. show with like these Marvel elements. But I like Mark Ruffalo. He's in it a lot. It's good. Hopefully, hopefully they didn't just kind of cheat and put him all in the first episode, and then then he's only like, "Oh, I'm getting a phone call from my cousin Bruce," and it's like you know you get like two seconds in. <laughs> Because I imagine he's not cheap to put him through an entire series, but yeah. So look, I'm I'm, I'm not that grumpy. I just fucking don't like Top Gun. Leave me alone. Okay. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Stephanie continues. I wanted to share this tantalizing top tidbit about a study created from Spotify data, which shows that people stop listening to new music at age 33. I also encourage you to occasionally dip into new music. There's stuff out there. Um, so she, uh, there's this link here. So did you know about this or does it new study shows that people stop listening to if you're 33 and older, you'll never listen to new music again. At least that's more or less what this online study says. The study, which is based mainly on data from us Spotify users concludes that the age of 33 is when on average, most people stop discovering new music and, bef- and then begin the official march to the grave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> real that's, that's where the official march to the grave begins. Um, in this visualization, like, much like Jesus, Charlie didn't listen to a lot of new music after yeah, that's either, so. <laughs> We had to cram a lot in. Uh, in this visualization, teens rest at the center of the nebula, listening to almost exclusively built top Billboard hits, blissfully unaware that some rando is collecting uh, data on their favorite jams. Uh, ba 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 After taste levels off. Uh, it begins a long stasis, writers folks hit their mid-30s. The study states, two factors drive this transition away from popular music. First, listeners discover less familiar genres that they didn't hear on FM radio as, as early teens mm-hmm. from artists with lower popular popularity ranks. Second, listeners are returning to the music that was popular when they were coming of age, but we since phased out of popularity. Yeah, none of that is particularly... Surprising. Surprising to me. Yeah, well done, Eggheads. Well done for doing that study. No, I, I mean, absolutely. Like music in particular, I think, can be transformative. And it does not surprise me that the majority of um, like popular commercial radio stations these days are classic hit stations, you know, like things that remind people of their use. And particularly, I understand it in radio because like people who are listening to the radio are probably older people by nature. Like younger people are accessing their music in different ways to radio. So the idea that you are playing music that reminds these old people of when they were young people <laughs> is – I read once there was a study that said that like that, uh, I think in brothels, like in sex work, the most popular movie is – the po- most popular music they play, they try to play music that reminds people of the era that they – coming. 
Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. No, it reminds people of the era where they were sort of, you know, like like to take them back to their late teens, early 20s is kind of right. what you want to do because that then, you know. Makes it, you want to come. I guess it makes you want to come. Yeah, I guess it's about making people want to come quickly. So you're right, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I had a funny moment. Um, Iona, we were driving in the car the other day and I had forgotten my phone so we mm-hmm. couldn't normally like you know we listen to music via like spotify so i'll say hey siri play you know humpy dumpty or hey google if we use the home assistant and so we're listening to the radio and iona's in the back and she's like hey siri play and i'm like oh no no this isn't siri i said this is the radio and she's like play humpty dumpty and i'm like oh no 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 it doesn't play humpty dumpty so the radio it's like um siri or it's like google but it just plays music and you just listen to it and hopefully you hear a song you like and she fucking looked at me like, what, what the on? fuck is this? <laughs> Who would just listen to music that they don't want to on the off chance that they hear a song they might like? And I was like, yeah, you're right. We really have progressed as a society. I mean, the fact that she's growing up in a society, though, where her basic expectation is you can just say to the radio, like, I mean, imagine that. Like, we would have to listen to, like, endless hours of radio to hear that song that Casey you wanted Kaysen's to hear. Casey Kaysen's top 40 and then and you'd have like your finger hovering it, over the like pause record your, And they'd speak over the start of it and you'd <laughs> oh, be, like, devastated. And <laughs> yeah. she just, like, speaks to a machine and gets what she wants. Exactly the song she wants. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to take this opportunity to lay out a few other thoughts Uh I've had uh, in the years I've been listening to you all. Oh, boy. I completely agree with the Will Anderson method of buying a bunch of what you like and sticking to it. Uh, I think, is that in terms of clothes? Mostly clothes, yes. Yeah, but here's some nightmare fuel. In one year, my selected and coveted particular style of jeans – Variety of dental floss, toothpaste, basic T-shirts, shoes, shampoo, and face wash were all discontinued. Oh, fuck. That's like – yeah, that's the that's a, an apocalypse of, of yeah. consumerism. I have a particular uh, pair of pants that I have enjoyed for like I've, they were quite an expensive pair of pants when I bought them, um, but the wear that I have got out of these pants has far exceeded what I paid for them in the first place. And I have searched so desperately for like I've scoured the internet like secondhand places. I don't care. I just want like mm. another pair of these pants, and these pants do not exist anymore. I have a story about a beard trimmer. I'll tell you. About <laughs> uh, the way Charlie's face lights up when he's talking about good donuts is everything. I love it. Very relatable. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is that a few months ago when I told that story about eating so many of those donuts in Melbourne that I made yep. myself sick, I haven't really been able to go back to donuts. It scared me off. Like I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure I've had like a nibble of one here or there since then, but not in the way that I used to love them. It really interesting. Really fucked me up. I went to the <laughs> I, when I was in Melbourne doing my show a couple of weeks ago. I, um, uh, particularly on show day, I often like it, probably terrible preparation for the show, but I crave sugar on show days. Mm. And um, so I was going for a walk in the morning, and I went to the Victoria Markets, and yep. oh, so right. I, hop jam donuts Victoria Markets. Well, so I didn't have a jam donut. I had like a Spanish style, like one of those, like you know, a churro. Ch- but it wasn't a churro. Like it was like a Spanish, oh. maybe a, like maybe not Spanish, like but some sort of like something in between a donut and uh, like I don't know what it was. It was, but it, it had like a lemon cinnamon sugar thing on it, oh. and it was so crispy and like fat filled, <laughs> like on the out. You know when it's like on the outside, it's just yeah. so like 
filled with fat and sugar and just like crispy delight. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm turning into Charlie. I've got my brown paper bag. I'm on the street, like shoving it up behind my mask. I've got an alleyway to see sugar all over my face. Like that's what I did do. I ducked into this place and then I was like, oh, this is secret. I can just eat it here. And then the only other person were there was like a moody teen skating. who's like really like looking at me real mad like you're invading my skating space, old man. <laughs> With your weird lemon cinnamon donut. Um, I am a couple of years in on an endeavor to watch all of Survivor from season one. I'm currently at 37. Fucking hell. Partly inspired because of Will's enthusiasm. It's been a great quarantine hobby mm-hmm. since the United States never really stopped being a terrifying place where everyone else tries to kill you. And I needed a long-term stay-at-home solution. I also watched the Dark Knight series for the first right. time, The Prestige, along with Point Break, and that fascinating Woodstock 99 documentary. Uh, so thank you. Okay, well, cool. there's a new Woodstock 99 documentary now on Netflix, a three-part. Oh, is that a new one? Because yeah. everyone's been talking about it's that, new. and I thought it was the one that – No. Oh, have you watched both? Yes. <laughs> and what's be- what's better? Which one should I watch? Uh, like, watch this new one. Like, there's okay. – just because it's longer and it's more modern. So right. you kind of get a – the original one, there wasn't much in this new one that I did not know about. But it is just a longer, more extended. But I think they're okay. both worth watching because you do get a couple of little. I think the this one's got the involvement of more people, and you get to see the people who like behind it speak to this day. Like there's one guy in particular that you'll just be like, "Why did you agree to this? Why do you <laughs> stop talking? Like you were already the bad guy, but the way that you keep talking is making you more and more of the bad guy." But it is. Like it's really good. Like I, it's horrifying, like absolutely yeah. horrifying. But it is, yeah. They're both really good, but this is a new one. All right, I'm gonna go and watch that one. Uh, okay, here's the most important thing. I'm a Patreon subscriber and a merch buyer. Well, that's great, Stephanie. Thank and you. if anyone who's listening, or or well, I guess if you're watching this, you already are. But if you're listening to this and you want to support the show, you may have noticed we don't play a lot of ads because we don't really have a lot of people who want to <laughs> sponsor this show. This nonsense. <laughs> and so the way we uh, pay our bills and pay the great people who work for us, like Foz and, and Podcast Mark, is through your support on Patreon. So you go to Patreon.com/slash/tofop, and while you're there, you can just check out a bunch of great. Um, uh, bonus content, including an episode uh, we're about to record after this, and there's uh, full-length videos of every episode we've recorded for the last like 20 episodes. Artwork, comic books, well worth your time. Patreon.com/slash/tofop. Uh, Will said something about whether the time we are entertained is worth anything to us, and it clicked that for me. Yes, I spend twelve dollars on a two-hour movie. Fuck, twelve dollars for a movie in the US. What do we pay here? Like almost twenty bucks, right? Yeah. So, of course, the time I spend listening to Tofop and Fofop is worth some cold, hard cash. Well, I'm assuming Stephanie's American, but she's quoted one of our most famous radio yeah, stations. Exactly. Some gold, hard cash. Gold, hard cash. So, I happened to be wearing my Merman Tofop t shirt from James Fosdyke's Red Bubble Shop when I was at a pool as a mermaid getting served by a mer butler for a week long experience based creativity scavenger hunt called Gish. What the fuck oh, did I just that was, read? It was like such a, so much in that sentence to unpack. Can you just I roll just me think through? I had it an again? aneurysm. That was like, I really understood a lot of this. And then you just like, that was a, that was like a, that was like the opening line. Let's just imagine this for a second that we've not heard anything up until this point. Let's say this is the opening line of a Hunter okay. S. Thompson novel. Go. 
So I happened to be wearing my merman tofop tee from James Fosdyke's Red Bubble Shop when I was at a pool as a mermaid getting served by a mer butler for a week-long experience-based creativity scavenger hunt called Gish. I'm in. I'm into this. Whatever this is, I'm in. If either of you want to be on our team next year, please let me know. We would be honoured. Okay. While I was at the pool, I got a snapshot of me wearing my mermaid tofop merman shirt. Mm. Since I can't attach things, here's a Google link. Okay. Uh, can I drop a link into the chat? I don't know. Let me try. There's the chat. All right. Shit. I'm pasting a link, Will. Okay. Oh, top right. Yeah, no, I've got that. You got it? Uh, oh, let me... shit. There she is. She's a mermaid wearing a toe flop t-shirt. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Mike, can you include oh, this in the video when you uh, edit it? That's amazing, that's Stephanie. That's so so, How are you good. doing that? Like that photo alone is so good, but the fact that you're in a toe flop t-shirt doing it, that is fucking amazing. Wow. Okay, but I still want to know what a week-long wow. experience-based creativity scavenger hunt is. Well, what yeah, is me that? too. So what was it called? Should I just Gish? Google that? Did you, yeah, please. On, yeah, Google Gish, it. Yeah, hang on. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll cut, cut and paste it. Yeah. Let's yeah, Gish, see what, what information we can is... find about this because this is – Week-long. Okay. Here we go. All right. So Gish – so it's, a, it's a, an abbreviation of the – of G-I-S-H-W-H-E-S, which is the greatest international scavenger hunt in the world has ever seen, uh-huh. pronounced Gishwez, now shortened to just Gish, is an annual week-long competitive media scavenger hunt originally held in October, November, but more recently in August. Teams of 5 to 15 competitors earn points to submitting photos and videos of themselves, completing prompts from a list they receive at the beginning yeah, of the week. Sure. So it's kind of like what you do on a hen's night or something. Yeah, or a um, university O-week challenge. Yeah. Actor Misha Collins officially founded, uh, how's it pronounced? Gishwez in 2011 after a publicity stunt helped set up the show, the television series Supernatural, on which Collins appeared. The competition holds a world record for being the largest media scavenger hunt ever to take place and several additional world records. It also raises funds in support of several charities. Okay. Um, So, da da da. So, on the day, on the first day of the week long competition, a list is posted. Uh, with 150 tasks uh-huh. for competitors to complete during the hunt, which Collins and his friends, including coordinator Jean-Louis and Alexander, have devised prior to the beginning of the comp. Teams then submit photos or videos of themselves completing the prompts. At the, I mean, I'm assuming it's not like what you get on like Bucks, you know, uni no. days where it's like punch out a homeless person. Please, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that would really be a t- It feels like it's like dress up as a mermaid and get a shot of you. As a mermaid or something, right? Like that's yeah, it sounds like it. Well, she was, a, but she said it was. She was part of a. That was the part. Of, maybe it was themed that year. It was like a mermaid themed mm. gish. Maybe, but I'm I'm um, suggesting that maybe the mermaid is part of like it was some sort. Anyway, I don't know. How would I know? Hello, <laughs> Your family's home. <laughs> Hang on, sorry. You got a unicorn? Show me. What do you got? Sorry, I only see it. Do you want to say look? There's Will. Hello. Say hi, Will. Hi. What have you got there? Unicorns. Unicorns? Amazing. Hey, I'm just talking to Uncle Will. I'm going to be out in a sec. Okay. Okay? All right. Ooh. Yeah, okay. So there are, they are themed. In the, uh, during, the, com, during the hunt, competitors are asked to dress up. There's different things. One year it was the, oh, I was going to say it was the DC co- character, The Flash. Okay. Well, yeah, but if... the character's not problematic. <laughs> just the actor is problematic. <laughs> 
Did you see that uh, uh, he released they, a statement they, like they, uh, let's they sorry proper pronouns. Um, uh, uh, Ezra released a, a statement saying, um, you know, I'm 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 really mm. sorry, going through a really rough time. Mm. And I would just love to be in the Warner Brothers DC like boardroom where they're like, we have spent $150 million on this film. Yeah. Do we reshoot? Can we get Michael Keaton back? How much are we going to have to pay for that? Or do we just try and weather the storm? Because, look, I know that Hollywood has got a long history of just like yeah. <laughs> raking over some real bad behaviour yeah. of people, but this is some pretty serious stuff he's been charged with. Can they suggest that there was some? Because it's like, isn't that this their multiverse movie, the Flashpoint? Right, they're doing Flashpoint, which yeah. is their multiverse. Well, I think that was the the idea was they're going to restart the DCEU. Yeah, because I don't know if you've heard, Will, but the hierarchy of power is changing. Okay, so here's what I would say in relation to that: Is this not a good opportunity to kill off a key character? Like, right. you know, is there not an opportunity here where you don't have to reshoot the whole thing? You just kill him at some okay. stage. Like, you know, like, you know, this is like a good, you know, you just have to reshoot the ending. Well, I think that Or you, he goes be... into another universe and you get it, someone, you get, oh, like, I, so, I think someone is... less problematic pops out. Do you know what I mean? Like he goes on a little run and then suddenly just at the other end of it, like this other actor runs into shot and that's like. I honestly reckon they would have had that discussion. I mean, they pulled Eric Stoltz out of yeah. Back to the Future when it was 50% shot and replaced him. I'm sure this is a this is a bigger deal. I, I imagine there's more footage of, of Ezra to, to swap out, but I reckon you could do that. And I think that if I was someone at, one of my, I, that's what I would be pushing for. <laughs> like I would be like, look, this is not going to get better, guys. Let me and I think let that- me just run you through this. Remember what we did with Superman's mustache? We can do that with an entire face. <laughs> yeah, <with that>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Stephanie finishes up. I can't thank you enough for all the time and talk, which has kept me company, uh, and I've kept myself handy jacked over the last couple of years. I've had you in my ears while I've gardened, tended to the bees, driven across the United States, made quilts, made meals, written clinical notes and academic papers, painted the house, shoveled the driveway, shot for groceries, walked our pup, and so many other things, grand and minuscule. I can't thank you enough, but I can keep being a Patreon subscriber, so I guess I'll do that. Great letter, Mermaid Steph. Thank, thank you. you very thank much you, Steph. for writing Absolutely in. appreciate it. And that is Tofop for this week. Uh, we have uh, another podcast called Fofop, and I'm assuming Justin's on it because you kind of teased it a bit earlier. Justin Hamilton is on it. It is so funny. He pitches a, a new sequel in, a new, in the Rocky world, a new movie. Uh, we have a conversation oh, about Top Gun. We talk about a league of their own. It's a very fun. Pop heavy. Yeah, it's a very fun episode though. Lots of laughs. It's a really good one. Uh, and we have an AFL podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. It's getting towards final times. Things are getting spicy. Today, Will will find out if the Bulldogs are playing finals or not. But even if they're not, it's still a good show to listen to. A lot like this with some slight references to, to Aussie rules. Yeah, it's funny. It's a funny show. It's like... And more clips. Yeah, it's got more clips. It sounds slightly more (laughs) professional. I will say that. You can find that on the Listener app. Because it is. Exclusively. We actually have a production team. We know offense podcast, Mike. No, no, no. (laughs) But we we have like a full production team behind us, whereas this one, it says Will and I and tin cans and a length of stream. Yeah. Um, So, yes, that would be fantastic if you uh, would have a listen to all those other shows. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 
This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.